welcome to the most wonderful time of the year, Oktoberfest 2020. It's coffee with pulp. <laughs> and we are back. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Welcome back to the Project Gen X podcast. I am one of your hosts, Alan Smith, along with... I am Big Dave. And we are in the middle. We're in the legit middle of Oktoberfest now. It's the month of Halloween. It is the month of Halloween. It is the most wonderful time of the year, and we do not say that lightly. Uh, we, this week, are going to be talking... Well, I said this episode. Uh, we're going to be talking about the 1968 movie, Night of the Living Dead, by one George A. Romero. George A. Romero. Okay. Where do we want to start with this one? Because this, this there's feels, a lot. <laughs> honestly, this feels like a very well put together student film. Yes, it does. And, and I, I noticed that as well because obviously this was a, a budget film. And honestly, I love it because I do of too. that. Because that's, that's actually now, my background. The thing with it, though, is that I noticed towards the end of the movie... There's a helicopter that comes in and lands, you know, and, yeah. and that kind of stuff. I was like, so, oh, so they actually spent a little bit of money on this part. Well, actually, um, if you go in and read in the Pittsburgh Police Department actually helped them quite a bit mm-hmm. with personnel and equipment okay. and other stuff. That makes perfect sense. Uh, it, this was uh, obviously it was, it was filmed outside of Pittsburgh. It was you know, made it, for only 114000 Which I wonder what that is in, for inflation. I have no Hold on, idea. I got it right here. While we're talking about this, I'll pull up the inflation calendar uh, or calculator. Because it was released on October first in '68. Yeah, the um, oh come on, I got it here somewhere. But it grossed oh, twelve it million. How much did you say it was? Yeah, one hundred fourteen thousand. Hundred and fourteen thousand. And this was in nineteen sixty-eight dollars. Nineteen sixty-eight dollars to the year twenty twenty. This is a student film. I thought I thought that yeah. it, it was it was something like that. He he made this film while he was attending Carnegie Mellon University in Pittsburgh. Ah, uh, okay, okay. So one hundred fourteen thousand dollars in nineteen sixty eight is worth eight hundred fifty two thousand six hundred forty one dollars and thirty eight cents today. That's more money than I'll ever see in my lifetime <laughs> on either account. On either account. So yeah, so basically it's about seven times the amount of money <laughs> today as it was back then. That is still a very low budget. Yeah. For I mean, for a, a film these days. Um, I mean, of course we've had you know, like, what was it? Uh, Clerks famously was made for what twenty seven thousand dollars, and then um, the Blair Witch Project was made for about sixty, I think, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something and like that. So it's one of those things that yeah, there are still small budget. Yeah, movies that are made that turn out well, you know that uh, some of them there are a lot of them that don't. Yeah, uh, but this one, this with The Walking Dead and all the other zombie everything else that's come in the years since. Okay, yeah. he he was the originator of the. He was the originator of this type of zombie, which they're never referred to as zombies in this. They're ghouls. Yeah, is what they're what they're well, called. And and these zombies have skills that no other zombies yes. have. Yes, they 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 pick up. They, they use they, tools. They use tools. They, they, they I know. seem to have some kind of consciousness. Yes, a they do. Bit. Yes, they do. I know. It's. I was noticing that also. I have not watched this movie in a number of years. Watched it last Halloween, and so it was one of those things that I was like, "Oh, I forgot about some of the." Like, I can still remember yeah. all of the, you know, the the story and everything, but I forgot about some of that type stuff. Yeah. Of um, 
They're also faster than what you think. Yes, they're they not. Are. That, I mean, they they are for the most part lumbering, but they can also run. Yes, they and can. They, they they do periodically, uh, which is something you know that when um, the uh, what's his name Zack Snyder did the, the remake of Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, and everybody's like, oh, we don't like the fast zombies. It's like, no, I, I kind of like the fast zombies. It makes them a little more menacing, you know. I mean, yeah. uh, or a lot more dangerous anyway. Well, and, and, and then you got um, oh, what was the Brad Pitt? Oh, World, World, World War Z. World War yeah, Z, where yeah. you've got terrifyingly oh, fast I, yeah, zombies. Yeah, and they work together. And, and, that, and, and they're hive mind. I know, exactly. And hive that, which mind, is a, fast zombies, no. Well, and then also, you know, you've got the 28 Days Later yes. zombies, which are... It's a, it's a, that a, movie still freaks me that, out. I love that movie because they had a very interesting take yes. on it of, no, this is a disease. It's a rage disease. Rage virus is what yeah. they call it, that comes over from primates yes it's it basically you know jump species and humans are just screwed yes once it once it happens so well, that's true on several levels so. yeah well you know, <laughs> you know there there are the, you know there, there are the different types but this was the prior to night of the living dead you know we had stuff like the white zombie yeah. back in the, the 30s or 40s you know different stuff like that it was usually the haitian zombies is what they yeah. were that that type of haitian or voodoo right very much very much the voodoo and we're, we're, and we're talking about v-o-d-o-u yeah yeah the the type that were basically they weren't they weren't the undead they were humans that had been taken over their minds had been taken over yeah. by a, a voodoo priest or something you know and and used as well no the yes that's true but they would actually go through the process of using a chemical to make them appear dead dead right and then and having then them reanimate later yeah. right yeah I know. or even to the point of helping them crawl out of their own right. grave and convincing them that and they were dead and convincing them that they were dead right. and I now own you right uh, a lot of a lot of slave labor came yeah. from that uh, so but yeah but so this was and also something else like I said I had not watched this movie in full in a long time like sure. I had seen bits and pieces of it I forgot that they give an explanation of what started all of this yes is that the u.s government sent a satellite a satellite to venus yep and it circled basically circled venus and when it was on its way back they realized that there was a large amount of radiation of unknown unknown radiation that was on this this probe and so they destroyed it yep but it destroyed it in orbit and the radiation (laughs) got into orbit and came down and started reanimating the recently dead yes not all the dead, just yeah. the recently dead. The unburied dead is yes. what they actually say. And so it's one of those things that they, they give all that explanation. Um, they also explain that this was not worldwide, that it was only in pockets. It was up and down the East Coast. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. And so that, again, is one of those like, okay, well, in real world terms, you think, okay, well, if we know that it's up and down the East Coast, we can contain it. Yeah. Or at least we can try to contain it, you know, and that kind of stuff. But it, I always like that, I have always liked, loved the intro to this movie. Yeah. The, like, the opening scene and sequence and everything with Barbara and Johnny, you know, and the brother yeah. and sister going to see their father's, going to their father's grave. On the assistance of their mother. Right. And it's one of those things, that, you know, he's complaining the entire time about, well, you know, we had to drive three hours up here just to, you know, to put out flowers and then turn around and drive three hours yeah. back. And we also know that this, this takes place in springtime. And I'm trying to remember if that 
Pontiac they were driving was an actual GTO. I don't know. I hear off the top of my t- head. Yeah, I think it was a GTO. It may be, but we know that this was in the springtime. Yeah. It was when the it was time, time change. Time change. So it's obvious. It must have been on a Sunday. It was on a, it was Sunday. a Sunday. Yeah, that's right. That's he, right. I guess he, he, he didn't go to church. That's right. Yep. They talked about going to church. And so it's one of the, we, so we can kind of gather the, we know about where this happened. Yeah. You know, um, and. It's it's interesting the transition from daytime to night. Well, they mention in the car that they lost an hour and it's eight, eight o'clock, o'clock and, and it's, it's still, still really right because she says why don't they just make the first day of summer the, the day that time changes? Yeah, because it's eight o'clock and the sun's still out. So. But in that whole it's a student movie feel. Mm-hmm. It goes from we're shooting in daylight. And there's no sunset, and all of a sudden it's midnight. <laughs> well, it's not even that. There, there's one even before that. They're standing at the grave, and all of a sudden there's thunder and lightning. Yeah, in broad daylight. Yeah, and then it's like, which could be explained. Well, it's black and white film. Well, it, so it could be overcast. Well, it could also explain that that was the uh, the orbiter exploding. Well, that could be. True. You know, that's yeah. that that would you know definitely. You know, because right after that is when we see the first ghoul. Well, it's. I tend to lean more towards lightning and thunder, though, mm-hmm. because it's. Well, Johnny says something about he's he's looking up at the, the sky, you know, and it, well, it, it's one of those things to where the thunder to lightning happened at exactly the same time, which yeah, means that's it true. would have been a lot darker because yeah. the storm would have been right it's, on top. I know, of I know, I know, and and it's also the whole you know with them being brothers and sisters, and they're talking about how she's always been freaked out about yeah. coming up there and. You know, and he started, that's with the whole, the famous line, you know, they're coming to get you, Barbara, you know, and, and all that stuff. They're coming to get you, And he Barbara. starts, you know, he starts acting like a brother does towards his sister yeah. sometimes. And then the first ghoul appears. And, well, he's, and he's it's been fun. in the background he's been, for you, a you, while. You could see him, and I was noticing, that, yeah. I, I, I was like, I, re- I remember being able to see him in the background, but I wanted to see just how soon yeah. you could see him. And you can kind of see him when they first get there like way in the back yeah, and he keeps getting a little, a little closer, closer and a little closer a little yeah closer. and that whole sequence of you know whenever he kills johnny and then goes after her and she gets in the car and well it, you know it's funny because they're actually there to eat you know they're they're flesh eaters right not just not brains. just brains it's flesh, flesh. It's, right. it's all kinds of flesh right that's that's where they're more similar to The Walking Dead than anything, because yeah, Walking yeah, Dead will eat whatever they right, can get to right, hands right, right, right. But he, the second he kills Johnny, because he's he they they're fighting, right, and they fall, and Johnny gets his head smashed against the tombstone, right, and it kills him instantly. Mm-hmm. Well, suddenly the zombie completely loses interest, right, because it's well, not living flesh. Yes, well, but. There's two inconsistencies there. I know. And one that's of them, why it's a wonderful story. One of film. them is that Johnny gets his head bashed, and they say later that the thing, head trauma, is what kills them. Yeah. So you would think that that wouldn't bring him back, you know, right. because of that. And the other thing is that later, whenever the car exp- or the truck explodes. Yeah, it's, uh, let's see here. Uh, it's uh, Judy and, um, what's the other guy's name? Tom. Tom, yeah. When that when they both die, the, the ghouls go and eat them. Yeah. So it's. So they finally got a home cooked meal. Right. <laughs> And but it's also one of those things where at the end of it, you know, Johnny comes back. Yeah, and he's the one that actually gets Barbara. Yeah, you know. But it's one of those things where it's like well, he shouldn't have come back because the he head, had trauma. head trauma. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, there's well, a couple of inconsistencies. You well, know, it's a, another thing I noticed about this film is when they're in the house and when Harry and Helen mm-hmm. and Helen's finally upstairs, right? And they're 
you can tell where they evidently didn't shoot enough footage mm-hmm. or um, something happened to footage and they weren't able to use it because there's a couple of really bad edits. edits. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to tell whether he did it on purpose to keep the viewer off balance and feel uneasy or if it was a legitimate screw up and he had to deal with what he had I to deal with. I think it was probably a legitimate and I'm thinking it's probably the screw up <laughs> because too. I've Hey, we've I've all we've to... all had that happen, okay? I have done 48-hour film festival a couple yeah. of times and there's been a couple of times where Steven and the guys when they went into editing they're like we didn't get enough coverage yeah. on this and there's some pretty hard edits all of a sudden, uh, you yeah. know. So yeah, I and, understand. And this is this is honest to goodness cellu- uh, celluloid. Right. So we're not talking about easy editing either. This Mm-mm. is still razor blade and saddle yep. editing. Yep, which God, if I never have to do any of that again. <laughs> <laughs> when Dave and I were in college, we had to do that for we were in a, a, um, radio, a production radio production, class. and we had to do it with the old reel to reel. You know, it, it was one of those things. I'm glad that Mr. E made us do that yeah. just to see what it was like. I and mean, because this was this was in the early days of digital. Yeah. Like we had like brand new digital stuff that was had not been on the market. Cool for long. Edit Pro was yeah. brand new. I know. We I were know. Excited 1997. About it. You know, like, <laughs> uh, and so it was one of those things where you know, but he did make us still go back and do that yeah. as a look this is the way it used to have to be done and, and, and we sometimes didn't it easy. was good and sometimes it wasn't so. and, 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 and we didn't have it easy because he was making us do it on quarter inch tape yes yes quarter inch tape we're talking, right we're t- yeah, yeah it was yeah it wasn't yeah it wasn't the bigger stuff they'd use in a studio <laughs> no it wasn't two inch or no, even film no 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 so yeah that's that's not anytime that i see a, a good edit in a uh, in an older film yeah knowing what they had to go through is, is pretty pretty interesting that's why film is still um, measured in feet yep because it was feet of celluloid yep yep uh one one of the things of course you know this one of the things that's been made very uh a, a, a big deal has been made about this movie is it was made in 1968 yeah and essentially the main character the hero of it is a is a ben. is ben who is a black man yeah and they don't really. Oh, and they do him so dirty. They do. He he gets done very bad in this in this movie. Yeah, the, and I'm not talking about by the other characters that he saves. No, he, he actually gets done dirty by his saviors. Yes, yes, absolutely. At the end of it, he he yeah he is mistaken for a ghoul and, and and gets the same fate. Yeah. And it's bad, you know, because he he did everything he needed to do to survive. He did all he did everything right where other people didn't. Yeah. Survived and he survived and, and he thinks he's killed. on the way out, but you know, it's one of those things where the the mob is looking for ghouls and they're they're shoot first ask questions later which of course you get into that and you can start saying okay this was all a very political statement but Romero has said that he didn't start off to to make a political statement it was just a well why couldn't it be a black man you know honestly and it was one of those things like we liked Dwayne the Dwayne I hear his last name the guy that played played Ben and it was one of those things like we thought he was the best one for the job so that's who we hired Dwayne Jones Dwayne Jones yeah and uh, you know as far as acting goes Barbara's terrible. <laughs> oh, Judith O'Day. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was the guy that plays Johnny is really good. Like really good. I yeah. know he's not in it very much, but I was like, no, dude, this guy, like, yeah. he's a good actor. Well, so was Tom. Yes. Yeah. Uh, there and there was a few, but like Barbara wasn't very good, no. and uh, Judy wasn't very good. No. Uh, the 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 other one though was Harry. Was Harry. Terrible. Uh, no, I didn't what's like the Harry. woman? The, the Helen. Helen was good. Yeah. Um, and and Ben. 
he had his moments. I'll say he had his moments because there's some parts in it where he's really good and other parts where he's kind of not. Um, now, it could be dialogue. You know, it could be the script. It could be any number of things. Well, you he was know, also a stage actor. From what right. I'm saying, this was his first uh, film role. Film yeah. Role, so. But it, it's it's a really good... Now, here's another little interesting piece of trivia. I know you know about this. Oh, he was evidently also a university professor. Nice. The thing about this movie is that if you go into any place, especially around Halloween, you're going to see about, oh, I don't know, 15 different versions of this film available to buy. They're all the same movie. Yeah, basically. Basically. The reason why you can do that is because when, because they forgot to put a trademark on Night of the Living Dead on the title. Well, it was a student film. Well, but he, but, no but he never was he never put a trademark up. on it. Yeah. So what happens is that since or a copyright, so if he didn't so since he didn't have the copyright on it for yeah. a long time, that meant that it was basically open for anybody was, to pick it up yes, and run with it. It, it was um like um uh, what do they call it domain um you know what I'm trying to say. Um Public domain. Yeah. It basically went public domain. So everybody all of a sudden... And that's also why you see so many movies that say of the living dead on the yeah. end of whatever it is that are not Ramiro movies. They're just whatever out there because there's there was no trademark or copyright on that. Yeah. So... <laughs> and it's one of those things is like, if we had just put that on there, they, you know, we could have made all kinds of money, you know, suing oh, people, yeah. you know. Uh, there George. I, well, I think he did okay for himself in the long run. <laughs> it's fun to like go back and watch, you know, because he did this movie, he did The Crazies yes. later. And, and one of the things that they talk about whenever you get into the um, news reports that they're listening to, whether it's on the radio or it's on the television, they keep talking about how people have become homicidal. Yeah. That's what they start off with. And then, and then later murder. Right. And then later you start, they, they say, Oh, it's been, it's the recent dead that's been reanimated. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the way they, they, they have completely framed this is that all of a sudden there's, there's a lot of there's it's a a, mass people have hysteria. gone homicidal. They've gone homicidal. Yeah. We have a mass we have a mass murder going on. Mm-hmm. And so when you get to the crazies, which was made later and then remade again, unfortunately, um, that's the same thing. Yeah. Is it's just people they they are not ghouls, they are not zombies, or they're just, just people all of a sudden they they start killing everybody, you know? And yeah. so Romero loves playing in the horror genre. He always has, you know, he's done some other stuff that wasn't horror related, but it really comes down to horror for him because he will, he will always be the father of the modern zombie. I yeah. mean that there's he no ifs, ands, buts about that. Let's talk, let's jump ahead. You said you had not seen the 1990 remake. I haven't. Okay. The first time I saw, but it, it's it's Tom Silvino. Tom Savini. It's Savini. Savini, it, yeah. Who is a makeup artist and an actor. Um, we already talked about him because he was in Creep Show. He was in Creep Show. Uh, he, you know, he he did he worked on the Friday the Thirteenth franchise. He's worked on all kinds of stuff. He directed a remake of Night of the Living Dead. It's not a shot for shot remake. You get a lot more in this movie. Okay. Uh, that was the first time I saw Night of the Living Dead was the remake. It wasn't oh, the really? original 68 version of it. I saw it when I was a teenager. You know, it was kind of one of those things that was yeah. on. You know, I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. You know, and like I said, it does have a different, it has a different ending yeah. to it. Um, basically, Barbara survives. Well, that's a shame. You know, it, it's uh, it's really more on her than it is on anybody else. Yeah. It, that she, she is the main character of, of the movie. Uh, they also go into... They kind of get into a little bit of 
the what's the word I'm looking for? The vigilante murder that's that's happening for the people that are going around killing the zombies. Okay. Of it really shows them in a much like a, a harsher light. Yeah. Than you know oh we're trying to contain this thing. It's more of a oh basically what it comes down to is oh look at the dumb rednecks who just want to go out and kill something yeah. is what it comes down to um, and so it, it does kind of and, and the, the funny thing is that there was a Night of the Living Dead 2 which is a sequel to the remake <laughs> and so you know, and then there was Return of the Living Dead and I mean there's a whole bunch of these I mean just a whole bunch of them and uh, but the thing is is like I said go back to the Savini it's not a bad movie but it was routinely panned by everyone when it came out because, yeah. oh, why would you be remaking, you know, the the, the classic, you know, the, the, the George A. Romero classic? And it was one of those things that it, he, I don't, you can tell that Savini was wanting to do something different with it. And he has even said that the studio kind of told him, oh, well, we don't have enough time or money to do the things that you're wanting to do and and he is many many times pointed out like no really the we had both the time and the money to do this but the studio made us not do them yeah and so therefore the film didn't turn out the way i wanted it to be and it was also one of those things where it was like he was like i just wanted to remake a movie that i loved as an homage i didn't want to like make it better i think i just wanted to, to put my own spin on it you know and yeah. so it was it was kind of one of those things where it wasn't really i don't think it was really a cash grab it was somebody who was given a chance to direct who said i really want to do this yeah and i have a different spin on it and so, he, he wanted to pay he wanted to right, show some love exactly to a movie that absolutely because really you know he goes he had worked with romero yeah. you know he worked with you know, a creep show and, yeah. and, and a few other things you know so it was one of those is like yeah it's, romero used him quite a bit actually. yeah i know i know and it's a tom savini is like one of the nicest people you'll ever meet yeah. i mean that's i've never heard anybody say a bad thing about tom savini at all so but I, uh, I really love this movie. It holds up. I mean, we're talking about a movie that's 52 years old at this point. Yes. And it's funny how some of those, those movies from that time, because I was watching it and I was like, you know what? The dialogue doesn't feel dated. No. Like, there's not a lot of, you know, late 60s slang in it or anything. It's like, no, people are just talking like normal, you know? It's, yeah. it's that kind of stuff. It's in black and white. The clothes are they're not hippie-ish they're not you know, I mean it's just like it's basically it's it's someone who lives in the it was, you know in the Rust was, Belt you know yeah, it, was, it was Rust Belt yeah. um, late 60s clothing yeah pretty much you yeah. know of, of, they weren't in the they, they we're not talking about the flower children or any of that kind of stuff no. you know it's like no this this is just this is middle America yeah. is what this is and this thing's happening and it really I really enjoyed it quite a bit a lot more than I thought I was going to to really? be honest I was I, I was really kind of because I've always I've always liked the movie but I have found over the years a lot of older movies that I like don't hold up for various reasons. Yeah, this one does. You know, whether it's... One of my favorite movies is Breakfast at Tiffany's, okay? And we can all agree that Mickey Rooney's portrayal of, of an Asian man is not PC by any stretch of the imagination. And it was, should have been, like... Uh, you know, offensive then, <laughs> but now it is really offensive. You know, but you also look it's at it as that was 1961. It was you know blah blah blah. It's what happened. But it's you know you that kind of stuff. You see a lot of that. Where either that or dialogue doesn't hold up, yeah. or maybe storylines or acting doesn't hold up, or whatever special effects. Special, and that's none of the none of that, none of the above here. Yeah. You know, it's a, it. 
there's nothing problematic about it. There's nothing. Everything's you know, very. It's all practical. Yeah, effects. There's I love one. practical effects. Yeah. Even when they're cheesy. I mean, there, there's the one where like they're cutting the fingers off the yeah. ghoul. That's like obviously that's a fake hand. There, yeah. There's no. I mean, but it is. It works because it feels like, well, this is what you would see in a low-budget horror film. Anytime. It doesn't matter if it's now or if it was 52 years ago. You're going to see that that level of... (laughs) (laughs) Go get me some celery and a little plastic and and something else. Something else is in this, and and I don't know that I've ever seen the unedited version of this before today because i own it i bought i bought the criterion version yeah. on, on I, I get it on dvd i don't edit, get the blu-ray version but i don't really think it needs to be in no. stand it doesn't need to be in high def because there's only so much you can do with, with that type of stuff i've bought several bl- blu-rays thinking oh this is gonna look great and it still looks yeah. like the standard definition because there's not anything more you can do with this you know yeah but anyway but um I don't so think I always watched it on TV with like yeah, commercials. And yeah. All that. Or yeah. And so, but when I say that I didn't remember the, the nude zombie. Oh really? It. Yeah. So that was kind of like, I don't remember. I was like, well, I had seen it on television. So yeah. this, <laughs> this was an easy edit. They can take this one yeah. naked woman out of here, you know? And, uh, so, which again, in 1968, that was kind of, you know, especially with the student film and yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. That was something that's like, Oh, you don't see that a whole lot. So final thoughts. If you haven't seen this, go watch it, man. Make this some is... popcorn and watch this on Halloween. Yes, and at the very, at the very worst, this is one of those movies you can put on, and you can make fun of it, but yeah. not really make fun of it. You can have fun along with it. Yeah, you know that this is. I'm sure there's some drinking game that goes with it, or whatever it is. <laughs> you know, I'm sure there is. You know, I mean, that's a. Uh, and here's the other thing. We before this set up so many tropes that we see in that we have seen in horror movies since then, you know, the yeah. uh, being trapped in the house, um, you having somebody that don't go to the basement, don't go to the basement. The yeah. Trial. You know, uh, the, the we got to get to uh, we got to get to a, a vehicle and we can't. How do we get there? Yeah. You know, w- without getting killed. Yeah, you know, different stuff like that. It, it uh, evidently there was some controversy at the premiere. Oh, okay. Um, like I already said, it was premiered October first in '68, mm-hmm. and it was at the Fulton Theater in Pittsburgh. Okay. And as it always, you know, as horror movies were back then, it was a mat afternoon matinee. Okay. Um, this was before the MPAA ratings. Yes. And so anybody could buy a ticket to this, even like little kids. <laughs> so you got to see, you know, a woman's naked body. Well, and, you, know, you know, so. And the horror, and, you know. the and So like, preteens, young kids, you know. Right. The theater owners, parents evidently didn't think about it. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a quote here. It says, the kids in the audience were stunned. There was almost complete silence. The movie had stopped being delightfully scary about halfway through. It had become an unexpected, terrifying right. film. <laughs> <laughs> it is a very bleak film. I mean, let's be honest. Everybody dies in it. There I mean, was a little a- girl across the aisle from me, maybe nine years old, who was sitting very still, uh, still in her seat and crying. <laughs> it's hard to remember a movie. Um, what sort of effect this movie might have had on you when you were six or seven, but try to remember at that age, kids take the events on the screen very seriously. Oh, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Believe me, I've got a kid that's around that age, so it's a yeah, so yeah, um, yeah no rating system. They showed it in the afternoon, yeah. and sold tickets to eight year olds. <laughs> Why not? 
that's good parenting right there. <laughs> um, do no do no research whatsoever and take your kid to see a horror movie. It it's evidently un- generated enough outrage that um, this was evidently the beginning of trying to build a rating but system. Really, yeah. It's funny that because we, we talked about that. We talked about 1984 with... Uh, um, Ghostbusters or not Ghostbusters uh, Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom, Temple and, and, Doom Gremlins, and Gremlins both becoming, being like we need another rating that's, yeah. that's not R but not PG and that's we ultimately got PG-13 and now PG-13 has been completely bastardized of like well, it's so weird you know the way that they PG-13 use that PG-13 can be completely innocuous right or it can be almost R rated well the, the thing with PG-13 here we are getting on a rant the thing with the PG-13 ratings these days is that they're always trying to make PG-13 horror movies like always that's what they want because they're like oh that way we get the teenagers in well I'm here to tell you teenagers are going to see an R movie either either way yeah, yeah they're going to get in okay Let, let's just be honest they're either going to get in or they're just going to wait till it comes out we on did. video we and- got in back in the day when we weren't supposed to okay? I can tell you what my first First R-rated movie was which was it was Tequila Sunrise. Really, my first R-rated movie was uh, RoboCop. I'm, no, I'm talking about in the theater. I am too. RoboCop. <laughs> my mom took me and my cousin to go see it. Nice. Yeah, I, I don't think she was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm talking about in the theater. Went right. to go see mm-hmm. it in the theater. Now I had been watching R-rated movies at home, at right, home yeah. on VHS. Right. Uh, yeah. actually, I wasn't supposed to, but I would always go to my cousin's house or something, and that's where I'd watch all. Actually, of them, my, so. I forget what creep was Creep Show R-rated. Yes. I can't remember. Okay, so my first two R-rated movies were actually on Betamax. Nice. And it was Creep Show, and it was Friday the Thirteenth Part Three. Nice, nice. So, so, uh, but yeah, the. Um, what was I saying about the um, oh the, the PG thirteen? Yeah, it's been so defamed now. Like they have these really strict lo- rules of like, okay, you get to say like three F words, and and if you say more than that, then it goes to R. You can't show any nudity, or else it goes R. You can kill a million people in it, and it can stay PG thirteen. That's not a problem. Yeah, but I mean, it's just it's so weird of like what their the the MPAA you know of how they do their whole thing and there's a great documentary called this film is not yet rated that came out like 15 years ago yeah that is wonderful if you ever are really interested to see how the MPAA uh, does really their developed. ratings they talk to they talk to writers they talk to producers they talk to directors they talk to yeah. uh, and they actually go and they get a, they get uh, private detectives and they find out who was actually sitting on the board because they keep that secret. They found all but one of them. And really? Yes. And it was one of those things where they're like, okay, who are the people who are making these decisions? So they go through and the, the final cap on the movie is that he makes this documentary yeah. up to a point and then he takes it to the MPAA or he gives it to the MPAA. They put it. They put a uh, NC-17 on it immediately. Of course they did. And of course, then he has to go and like, because then there's an appeal, you know, type thing. And so he has to go in there and sit. And they're talking about what it takes. It's like if you appeal to the to the the MPAA, you can go in there with a lawyer, but you're not allowed to say anything. You basically have to sit there, and they have to tell you whether or not they're going to do it. And what, you know, I mean, it, it's it really and truly, there's no, it, it all comes down on them. Wow. What so you know. So it's kind of one of those things where like he he goes and he's he has to like sit in front of all of them after he's exposed to all of them are. <laughs> nice. Of course they don't let the cameras in. You know he he shows him when he comes back out. Yeah. He's like, yeah, they're not coming off that rating. <laughs> 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 but it's a really good. It's an it's an infuriating documentary oh, is what yeah. it is. 
Uh, even, I mean, like, it was even, um, who was, was it Kevin Smith? Yeah, Kevin Smith talks about how after he made a couple of movies and they were kind of like, oh, well, you can do this and you can't do that or whatever, that he would start building stuff into the, the, the what they would see to be the negotiation of like, oh, okay, well, if I take this out, then they'll, they're going to say, which I put that in there to be over the top to be taken out anyway so that it will get the R rating rather than the NC-17. You know, <laughs> and a lot, of, a lot of directors talk about that. of Like, yeah, we build stuff into it that we know will never pass. Learn how to game the exactly, system. Exactly, exactly. And that's all it is, you know. Yeah. And it's uh, so anyways... Yeah, go check that. The name of the doc is uh, This Film Is Not Yet Rated. I think it came out in like 2005 or 2006 or somewhere around in there. Right. And um, But it's a really good documentary. It still holds up today because of how stupid all that stuff yeah. is. Night of the Living Dead, great movie. You really, great you really should movie. watch this on Halloween yes. while you're handing out yes. candy. Yeah. Uh, what? Maybe I, not let the kids see it. <laughs> oh, I, I watch this while I'm handing out candy. So you're going to let the, the, the kids see the naked woman? Usually that so fast yeah, that you don't realize it is kind of it is kind of it is kind of quick but still uh, actually, I'm just saying ac- you know <laughs> as a parent I don't want my kid walking up and seeing that so. actually this year I'm I may try to depending on what the weather is I may try to figure out how to rig up a projector out in the front lawn what are you gonna show um, I bought that four monster movie collection that's oh like yeah the Dracula, Universal Frank, yeah you yeah know, I may try to show those oh, that'd be awesome uh, I might do the um, I love those old Universal, yeah, those Universal Monsters movies. They're so good. I, I may try to do like Frank and Weenie. Oh um, yeah, that'd be nice. Um, I'm sure you'll do Nightmare Before Nightmare Before Christmas. Christmas. What's uh, Corpse Bride? Because that's oh, basically yeah. that. There's a fan theory that that's it's a kind trilogy. Of a, yeah, kind of. Because they all have the dog in it. Right. So. All right. So, anyways, guys, thank you so much for. Uh, I'll get it out in a second. <laughs> thank you so much for spending some we time with us. Already. It's been a long day already. Uh, thanks for spending some time with us talking about a movie that Dave and I both love. And uh, definitely, I hope you're. We hope you are enjoying this Halloween season because I know we are. And uh, yeah, stick around because we're going to be back with another episode. And oh, actually, we got. I don't know when this is going to drop. There's going to be more episodes more after episodes, this. We're doing yeah. two a week at this point. They drop on Tuesdays and Fridays, and. Uh, We've done really good this year about actually keeping a schedule. So. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, but this is the thing that we that we enjoy. We know you enjoy it. It's all fun, and uh, yeah, most wonderful time of the year. I love the month of Halloween. Yes, the month of Halloween. Uh, I I personally say Halloween season starts September first. You should get two months of it. That's really you start seeing stuff hit store shelves and you know and all that kind I'm of stuff. I'm online shopping like the middle of August. Yeah, I, I kind of end of august sometime i start kind of getting the feels you know where i'm yeah. like hey it's it's coming like I, I can tell this is coming you know i'll admit i've been a little slow putting my stuff out this yeah, year yeah i've got a few things i still need to put up i i got a um completely off the rails here i, I got a new uh, skeleton the uh, last week that is glow in the dark oh nice <laughs> all right i'm gonna tell a story oh um, here we go I, so i got it and like it sat on my on uh, my poker table for yeah, a week or so, or I a few days, you know. And uh, my son came home, and he was, of course, he he loves that. He's six. He loves that kind of stuff, you know. And he's like, oh, oh yeah. And I was like, yeah, and it glows in the dark. He's like, oh, cool, you know. It's it's stiff enough to where like we you pick it, it will like actually stand against a wall or yeah. something, you know. <sighs> my brilliant self decided that hey, you know what'd be cool? Let's go put it in the bedroom, and lean it against the wall, you know, and that kind of stuff. So he's in there. So when the lights went out. 
all of a sudden there's this glow in the dark skeleton <laughs> that's showing. And my son was like, I was like, isn't that cool? He's like, yeah. And then it was quiet for a little while, and he's like, that's kind of scary. <laughs> so I had to put it in the closet. I'm like, all right, fine. <laughs> so you literally have a skeleton, skeleton in, in the closet. closet. Exactly. So. <laughs> it's all right. I've got mine sitting on the front porch. Yeah, I know. I was today. I was actually out on the front porch. I was like, you know what? Because I've got a fenced in front yard. You know, yeah. I'm like, I could hang this here. I've got a, you know, a hook. I was like, I could hang this here on the front porch and it'd be kind of cool. You know, well, so my, my wife has a couple. Oh, what's those New England chairs? Um, you know what I'm talking about. It, it's a certain type of chair. It's like a lawn chair. Oh, oh, the, uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. The, um, why is it just leave my mind? No. Anyway, we've got a couple of those yeah. at the table out on the front porch. So I've got a skeleton in each chair. Nice. And one of them's got its arm raised up, like, like it's, it's like waving, waving at yeah. people. <laughs> the other one have like you should put like a newspaper in the other one. <laughs> newspaper, you know. He's just kind of sitting there, just chilling. So, yeah. all right. So now that we've gone off the rails again, uh, yeah. Again, thank you so much for joining us here at the Project Gen X podcast for Oktoberfest. We got more episodes coming. Uh, if you look down in the links, uh, you know, in the description, there are links to all of our our social media, it's to all our hub, Project everything. Gen X pod. Everything is there, and you, can, you don't even have to go look it up. All you can do is go click the link below. Below, and we you try can to make it as stuff. easy as possible. We try. For we you try. To find our stuff. And I said we try. Sometimes we fail miserably trying, but we try at least. Wait, you know, you <laughs> can blame that on Alan. He's handling all the. I am stuff. the one that usually does all that stuff, except so. for the Facebook page. That's that's both most, of us. That's yeah. both of us, but mostly me. But mostly Dave these days. So, so and just remember, if that uh, what is it? No, no. no the, the, there's a very important uh, a. Um, oh, here we go. What's the word I'm looking for? My brain is not working today. Public service announcement yeah, that we have. Go. PSA. There is a there's a very important one for the month of October. It says As he's looking it up. If that goth slash witch chick suddenly <laughs> gives you a chance this month, don't fall for it. It's sacrifice season. Trust me. <laughs> you should probably trust him. I have no yeah. comment. I have a I have a policy about no witch no witches anymore. So it's <laughs> for a reason. <laughs> you, once again, I have no comment. No comment. So, anyways, guys, thank you so much. We will be back next time. I'm Alan Smith. I am Big Dave, and we will see you soon. See ya. recording what are you no, talking I about need, I, I haven't even had my first cup of coffee yet that's not fair it was like well we're gonna have to take a pause so i can get coffee when it's ready well yeah because we like i said there's barely a, a cup over there right now so yeah let's just get one of these all right but we're gonna definitely have to take a pause so i can get caffeine in my system all right hold on calculate i just entered a number <laughs> Oh, you got to love the Google. Hold on. Let's try this again. Yeah. I don't want to know what that is. I want to know how much. $114,000 in 1968 goes to 2020. That does make... Oh, you know what? I bet I know what, why that did that. What did it do? 1968 to 2020.
Yeah. Oh, nope. <laughs> I, did, I did one too many... Uh, one too many zeros? Yeah. Not 1.4 million, just 114,000. Yeah. Or 1.1 million. Okay.